Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Guys, so we are back and uh, we are starting a brand new series. So make sure, make sure you are joining this ride for the next couple of weeks with us. And the series is called I Feel. And right now, guys, I feel, I feel like I'm losing all kinds of things. I'm losing my hearing, number one. I'll tell you why. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't think I am, but it seems like every time I put a mask on, every time I put a mask on, I can't hear people. I mean, I don't, what, what is it? Is it because I've been reading lips? I'm not quite sure. And then when I put my uh, mask on with my sunglasses, I feel I'm losing my mind. I can't really even understand where I am, what's going on. And if you add the heat that we've been having in North Carolina, it is nuts. It's nuts. But I'll tell you what, I'm losing also, also my eyesight. I know, I know. You would think it's age, but it's it's not. I mean, come on, I'm I'm 27, not really. But uh, I'm losing my eyesight, and uh, I got LASIK uh, surgery done uh, back in the day. And there, at that point, they told me they're like, "Hey, listen, when you get LASIK done, you know, uh, you're gonna need reading glasses. I'm just gonna tell you, you're gonna read reading glasses. You're gonna need need help reading." And my thought was, I already need help reading, so might as well bring it on. And so I got LASIK done, and guess what? I am seeing that I'm losing a little bit of the sharpness. Now, have you lost something? We've all lost stuff, right? Have you lost an ability to do something? Well, this morning, I want to talk about loss. Like, when it comes to our feelings, do you feel a sense of loss because you even find yourself losing certain things in your life? What do you do? What does God have to say? What does God have to say about that? I mean, does he have anything to say about that? And what, what do we do with our feelings? I mean, this series is so important to me because I feel like, it's so, I feel like so many times uh, when it comes to spirituality, um, we are just told to like, just either stop, not just don't feel these things or don't th- think these thoughts. And some are, are some feelings or uh, emotions we're not allowed to have. But in the scriptures, you find that Jesus is all about his feelings and his emotions. He's all about uh, leaning us leaning into them. In fact, I want to read you a passage of scripture. It's found in Hebrews chapter 4. It says this, this high priest, talking about Jesus, says, understands our weaknesses. He understands our weaknesses. He, he faced all the same testing as we do, and yet he did not sin. And then it says, so let us because of that, let us come boldly into the throne of God's great of, of this gracious God. There we will receive what? His mercy and we will find grace to help us uh, when we need it the most. So he, we're talking about Jesus when it comes to our emotions and feelings and our thoughts. He, is, he understands our weaknesses and we're going to find mercy, grace, and help. What does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. And, and this, is the, this is the premise for this entire conversation for the next couple of weeks. When it comes to our feelings, 
and you're feeling all kinds of feelings, understand these three things. Number one, God gives us permission, permission to feel them. He gives us courage to confront them. And then he gives us power to process them. So when it comes to feelings that you have, and this morning, we're going to be talking about loss. Like, you know, it's one thing losing something that you're like, oh, I can't find my keys, or I, I lost this game, or I lost this project, or I lost this client. But then for some of us, we are losing some really complicated things, like losing a drive to keep going, losing a passion, losing motivation, losing a sense of balance in our lives. We've all um, our, we're all facing that, losing a sense of desire. We're losing a sense of just like, uh, I don't know, normalcy, a sense of control. And we hate the loss of things and we process them all different kinds of ways. And for some of us, we feel guilty because we feel certain things. So it's, it's, it's overwhelming. What does the scripture say? So number one, I want you to know, when it comes to your spirituality, God wants you to be healthy emotionally. He wants you to feel all the feelings because here's what he tells us. The message of Jesus is about this. It's about us being spiritually mature and you cannot, you cannot, you cannot be spiritually mature and be emotionally immature. Friends, it can't happen. Because, and if you believe that, and I know there are certain people that they, they, they come across like they're spiritually mature and they're emotionally immature. And if you believe that you can actually do that, then I've got, I've got a Nigerian prince uh, that I want to introduce you to because he's got some money that he wants to put in your bank account. You got to give him your bank account number. But seriously, friends, seriously, when it comes to our emotions, if you meet someone who is emotionally healthy, emotionally immature, mature, chances are they're more likely to be spiritually mature as well. So it's all about how we process our feelings. It's all about the, the understanding that we have permission to do this and the courage to confront some of the feelings that we are feeling. So this morning, as we talk about loss, let's pray together because I think, I think for some of us, this is a very um, sensitive subject. So let's pray together. Lord God, I thank you so much for people who are watching. I know in Jesus' name, God, that you have allowed them to be in this moment and you want to speak to them. So I pray, uh, God, would you do a work? Would you right now, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you do something, God? Would you speak to us? Because we are facing an overwhelming loss right now. For some of us, it is so intense so intense. We don't know exactly what to do. We, we feel like we are just um, free-falling, free-falling, Lord God. We don't know what to do. We, we are overwhelmed. We're stressed out, and we're doing certain things, God, that we're not even happy about, that we find ourselves becoming a, a kind of people that we don't want to be. So, uh, God, would you speak to us? Father, I know you want to speak to us right now. So speak to us when, uh, when it comes to our loss, when we feel a sense of, of losing oneself, losing ourselves, losing the normal. God, speak to us. Uh, speak to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, we're going to be in John chapter 11. This is a story about Lazarus being raised from the dead and how Mary and Martha processed the loss of their brother. So you might have heard this story before. If you haven't, we're going to read parts of it. We're going to start with verse 1. It says here, it says, A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters. Bethany is in Jerusalem. Mary and Martha. Now, if you know Mary and Martha, you kind of, if you read the Bible before, if you kind of know, they're, they're familiar uh, characters and then they're found in different passages, right? And so it, it, this, the, right here, John actually describes it. Verse two, he says this. He says, this is the Mary, not any other Mary, the Mary who later, um, who later 
poured expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend, your dear friend is very sick. And, and when Jesus heard about this, and here's what he said. He said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God. So the Son of God will receive glory from this. He says this to his disciples. So he's away. He gets a message letting him know what's happened. And he's talking to the disciples about this. They have, they're not in Jerusalem. And most of them do not want to go back. Because the last time they were there, uh, Jesus was threatened to be and uh, was, was in danger of being killed. And the disciples are like, you know what? We're going to go down with our boy and we don't want to do this. In fact, right after Jesus hears this, I don't want to read the whole story for you because it's, it's a lot. Uh, they start talking or discussing or arguing about whether or not they should go back uh, because the disciples don't want to go back. In fact, Thomas, uh, some uh, have even called him the doubting Thomas. Maybe you've heard that phrase before. He's the guy who's, you know, he's told Jesus, you know, I won't believe in you, like because even Jesus showed up uh, till you show me your scars. Uh, but he gets the name doubting Thomas, and not just from that, but also from the fact that here in this story, if you read it, uh, he's the guy who says, you know what, you know what, fine, we'll go, we'll go, we'll just all die with Lazarus. I mean, it's it's kind of hilarious, but this is so unique about what's unique about the story is there's a lot of emotions. There's a lot of feelings. Everybody's in their feelings in this passage, in this story. Everybody's feeling all kinds of emotions. You got the disciples are like anxious. They don't want to go to Jerusalem. Um, Jesus is trying to tell them, hey, we got to go there, but he's not rushing to go there. He takes his time. And so we jump in and we find that everybody else is having all kinds of emotions as well. So verse 17, we'll pick it up there. It says this, when Jesus arrived at Bethany, so he eventually gets, goes into that direction, goes to Jerusalem. He was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. So Jesus is four days late. Has God ever been late? No, God is time, God's timing is perfect. Anyways, verse 18, Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary, Mary stayed in the house. So now you got Mary and Martha, and Martha finds out that Jesus is, is in town. Before she, he gets to the house, she goes to meet him. So again, Jesus is taking his time for some reason. She goes to meet him. And if you know the story, Mary and Martha's story, you remember that? You got Martha, you know, with the, the hostess, of the, the mostess with the hostess, the hostess. The most, you, you know the story. If you don't, it, there's a story about Martha complaining that she's doing all the work and Mary, who just happens to wants to just sit at Jesus' feet and listen to his teaching. And Jesus says, she's chosen the better thing, which is kind of a whole different, you know, a teaching or a idea of like what Mary was really doing because Mary was, was going to, was basically becoming a disciple because she was sitting, sitting at the feet of Jesus. Anyways, point is, Two different people and two different unique relationships when it comes to Jesus. They, they have a uh, kind of a personal relationship with him. Martha is one of those go-getter. She cannot stay still. Are you one of those? She can't wait for Jesus to show up. So she goes to him. What happens there? We pick it up here. It says that when Martha got the word that Jesus was coming, she went, right? And what happens? Verse 21. 
Martha said to Jesus. She got there. She says, Jesus, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would have not died. But even now I know that, that God will give you whatever you ask. Have you ever felt this way? You show up and you go, God, if you just showed up, if you were just here on time, if you had just showed up an hour, a month, a year before, if you had just shown up before I did this, before this happened, before this person said this, before this, this tragedy took place, before this disaster took place, if you had just, if you just been early, you, I wouldn't have this lost. I mean, it's so true, isn't it? When it comes to our loss, we go, you know, God, if you would just, if you would just do this at this time, I would not have the loss of this. If you have, I wouldn't have to move. I wouldn't have to, we wouldn't have to split up. I wouldn't have to have a loss of this, of a loved one. I wouldn't have a loss of my, 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 my sanity. If, if God, if you would have just, if you would have just. And then we, when you face that, what happens? She says, but, but I know you can still do it. I still, I think you can still do this. You can still turn it around. You can still turn this around. So what happens? Jesus talks to her and he says this. He says, um, your brother will rise again. Your brother will rise again. Uh, yes, Martha said. Uh, we, we will rise. When, he will rise when everyone rises uh, on the last day. And basically what she's saying is, I know, I know. If you're giving me the answer of like, you know, it's all going to work out in the end. Don't give me that. Don't give me that answer, Jesus. I want what, was, what is lost. I want it uh, I want it uh, returned. I want what was taken. I want it back. I, I want you to turn this around. I mean, how many of us are going, I just want things to be what? Normal, back again. I just want it back again. And Jesus goes, hey, 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 hey. Let me, let me just tell you, your brothers will rise again. And then he says this, right? He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying, everyone who believe, lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this? Right in the middle of her um, loss, Jesus asked for faith. And I'm not quite sure if he, if he really is asking or if he's just telling her, you are allowed to feel doubt. You are allowed to feel anger. You are allowed to feel um, just in despair in the midst of your loss. It's okay, friends, to feel this way. It's okay to go, God, if you would have just been here, if you have just been here. But in the midst of that, God is speaking. And God's speaking to you right now. And he's saying something, and it's key. He says, I'm resurrection and life. Key words here to remember. We'll get into them a little bit later. But then he says, do you believe? And I think right there, God is not saying, do you believe? And I really want you to believe. And unless you believe, nothing's going to move forward. Because that's what we think when it comes to religion. That's what, comes to, that's what you think when it comes to spirituality or God. We go, nothing will move until I have a step of faith. Or if, not a step of faith, I have faith. See, a step of faith is very different than just having faith. But here he goes, he goes do you believe? And I don't know how long she took. I don't know how long she took. But then in verse 27, it says this. Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed you, the Messiah and the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. And then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside and from the mourners, all those guys there, because there are people there, right? And told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. Now, first of all, I don't even know if he did. 
Because really, did he, did, he really, did he ask for Mary? Or is Martha doing what Martha does, which is trying to control the situation? He goes, you know what? I think you guys need to have a conversation. So I, need, I, think, I think Jesus wants to talk to you. Which again, Jesus is not even, has made his way to the house. And now Martha is sending Mary. Okay, she's doing the same thing that she's done before. So what happens? Mary ends up going. So verse 29, we read, So Mary immediately went. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were with, uh, w- uh, were at the house consoling Mary saw uh, her leave so hastily, uh, they assumed that she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So they followed her there. See, in the midst of your loss, in the midst of what you're going through, there are people always around us. There are people either wanting to console us. There are people who are sincerely around us and want to speak life into us. And I, I get that. There's, there's, there, 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 there's, a, there's a time and, and space for that. And that's a, it's, a, it's a good thing. But sometimes it can actually get in the way. They follow her and they think that she's going to go to the grave, but she doesn't. She goes to Jesus. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet. Now, this is what Mary does. She goes to the feet. I mean, she's always doing that. I'm not quite sure if Martha does that, but Mary does that. She's, she's the one with the perfume in her feet. She's the one sitting at Jesus' feet. She do, does it again. Again, signifying this uniqueness of relationship when it comes to Jesus, that we all have the freedom to feel and know and interact with Jesus the way we are wired up. So she goes, she's on the ground, and she, but she says the same thing. She says, Lord, if only you had been there, my brother would have not died. Now, I don't know if that's Martha in her ear. I don't know what's going on, but she says this. So what happens? You just, could you imagine the scene? Jesus shows up. He's still not made his way. People are not, it's not just Martha. It's, every, it's a lot of other people coming there. And now she's crying. She's crying and weeping. What's the first emotion that goes through you? What do you think Jesus would do? What, do you, what would you do? I would be heartbroken, right? I mean, I, th- I, mean, I think we're all like, oh my gosh, I'm so, uh, hey, uh, we're, we're, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I mean, that, it, it's going to be okay. I'm here. I'm coming. It's, it's okay. No, what do we find? Verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and saw other people wailing with her, a deep anger, Am I reading this right? Yes, anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. Other translations says, say, communicate the same thing. That basically, it wasn't like he was like um, heartbroken and uh, sympathetic and just, oh my gosh, it's going to be. No, no, he has a very different kind of emotion. He's in the feelings too. He's on his, all, all up in his feelings, but it's a feeling of anger. But then, 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 then it moves into another anger. He, he, he says this, verse uh, 34, where have you put him? He asked. They told him, Lord, uh, Lord come and see. So, they, so they, 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 they take him to show where they've put him. And then we've got the most famous, one of the most famous scriptures, right? Verse 35, then Jesus wept. He was angry. Now he's angry crying. Why do I know he's angry crying? Because right after that, it says in verse 36, the people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. But then some people said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? 
So now people are talking about his reactions. Don't you just love when people are talking about the feelings you're having about the loss you have had? That's the worst. Like, it's hard enough to go through pain. It's hard enough to feel the emotions, but then to be put on display for everybody to speak into it. It's like you put, you know, your heart out on maybe on social media, you know, which is not honestly the wisest thing to do sometimes, but you do it. And then people have judgments against it. It's like he's on display. And what happens there? What happens there? It says here, verse 38, right after that. So they're talking about him. Jesus is, has wept, is weeping. Right after that, it says Jesus was still what? Weeping? No. He was still what? Angry. He was angry as you ride to the tomb. A, a, a gravestone uh, rolled uh, across its entrance. And then he, what does he say? He says the first thing. He, he, he says, roll the stone away. It's like, get this out of the way. And in, in one sense, I feel like he's saying, get everybody out of the way. Like, just stop it. Stop all of this. Because in other, other healings, Jesus has actually done this. Like, he's told people who were sincerely, like, crying about stuff. He's like, get these people out. Get the crying people out. Like, I don't know what it is, but sometimes it feels like God saying, I, 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 let, let, just, just make some room. Make some room. So he says, roll the stone aside. But then Martha says this, the dead man's sister. She, what, did she, what did she say? She says, Lord, it's been, it's been, he's been dead for four days. And the smell is terrible. Again, again, you're angry, crying. You got Martha who came to you saying, if you just showed up, he would have died. The same woman is saying, but do we want to really open? A, I mean, you might do a healing, but he kind of stinks right now. Like, I wonder if, Mary, if Jesus was like, are you kidding me right now? Like, are you seriously kidding me? You, something good might just happen right here. I just, I just rolled a stone away. I'm about to, I mean, I'm not going to make him more dead. Like, so things are about to get positive and you're worried about the smell. Have you noticed something, by the way, time out, that during this time, honestly, during this pandemic, our emotions go up and down and sideways, don't they? Like we're happy, sad, crying, mad, eating, dieting the same day. What's going on? It's like trauma brain. We've got, we've got this, I don't even, and then people say the, the craziest things. We've said the craziest things. The emotions are up and down. Everybody's up in their feelings right now. What are the disciples thinking? They're like, we should have never come here. What is going on? Keep it down. Okay, now the stink is going to happen. People are going to find out. They're going to kill us. They're going to put us in the tomb. I mean, there's so many emotions going on right now. I just want you to understand that. So what happens? What happens? Jesus is still mad. So Jesus responds, didn't I tell you? Which I, I, I don't know if it's, it, I don't know if it, he's like annoyed here. I'm thinking, he's like, didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? You'll see God's glory if you believe which I wonder if he's saying, like, he's saying, basically, basically, just want you to, want you to know, you're going to see God's glory, and it's not because you believe. That's really what I think Jesus is saying here. God's going to do a work, and it's, you're not going to get credit for it, in a sense. Like, your belief and your faith is not going to get credit for it. But God's going to still work. And for, um, by the way, I'm so thankful for that. Because, man, when it comes to the most important things for me and the most complicated things for me, 
I don't have faith for it. I'd rather have someone else have faith for the most important things and pray for the most important things for me because they happen to have more faith than I do because I'm too emotionally close or tangled into this. Don't you feel that way too? So here, he says, you're going to see God's glory if you believe. Then they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You've always heard me, but I say this out loud for the sake of all of these people standing here. Like he's again kind of annoyed. That's just me, okay? I, I think he's kind of annoyed. Obviously he said he's mad, he's angry, he's upset. People are looking at him, judging his tears, which is the worst thing. So then, so then, they, um, and then he says, I'm just doing this for these people. Then Jesus shouted. What he shout? It's pretty epic. He says, Lazarus, come out. Come out. It's not even, you're healed. Good news, Lazarus. He just says, just come on out. Just come on out, man. Just come on out. Okay, like Jesus is like emotionally tapped out. He's like, I'm done. I'm done. Come on out. And the dead man came out. His hands and his feet bound in grave clothes. His, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told him, unwrap him, let him go. It's like, I'm done, I'm done, and I'm done with you. I'm done. What, is, what does this story tell us about loss? Number one, man, when it comes to loss, we're all, everyone, we're all up in our feelings and it's okay. We have permission to feel all the feelings, all, all the feelings, but we have to have the courage to confront our feelings because our feelings lead to either a lack of faith or a lack of motivation, a lack of drive, and we have to confront those. And then God wants to give us the power to, to actually process them as well. And that's where I believe the story leads us to. So what does it lead us to? What does it teach us? Three things. Number one, send word to Jesus as soon as you feel like you're losing something. They're, his, uh, Mary and Martha, what do they do? They don't talk to Jesus after he's dead. No, no, no. He is dying. He, uh, and they, start, they sent him word. Now, if Jesus is God, he should already know, which Let's be honest here. When things happen to us, and when we have to pray about it and let him know, like you go, God, you know that I am dealing with this. God, you know if this happens, this is going to be terrible. God, you know how, you know how hard it's going to be. God, you know. When you say, isn't there like in, subconsciously you're thinking, God, why am I reminding you about this? Like, why am I telling you? It's like, like, you know, if you, if you don't know me by now, you'll never, never know me kind of thing. It's like this, why, don't, why am I doing this? And that's why I think sometimes we don't really talk to God when we're losing something, we're beginning to lose something because um, we just feel like he should know. And then we talk to him after, after we've lost everything. So what's happening here? What, what's happening here is that uh, God is saying, listen, 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 listen. Um, I need you to realize something. You need to start talking to me now. Now. So the first thing is, start talking to Jesus right now. Number two, number two, uh, you really have to have a death to have a resurrection. See, for some of us, I don't think we're totally, uh, we, we've, we're not allowed to totally lose this thing that's precious to us. Apparently, God wanted to make sure that Lazarus was truly dead. Four days Four days, clear enough, it's gone, it's over. I think sometimes God wants us to understand 
that we have to really come to terms with what we have lost. Like there is, it's done, it's over before we can see a resurrection. Because here's the deal. There's a difference between a resurrection and a resurgence. See, a resurgence, which is what I think we want a lot and uh, we pray for a lot. What do I mean by that? See, a resurgence is a revival, right? It's a revival of the old. Right now, what do we want? We want things to go back to normal. Go back to normal. We want a revival of the old. Every time we want a revival, what we want is we want to go back to the past. We want a resurgence of what it was, used to be, back in the day. And Jesus looks at this loss, looks at this death. And the first thing, you remember what he told Martha? I am the resurgence and the life. No, I am the what? Resurrection. There is no resurrection without a death. There's no resurrection needed. See, because a res resurrection is a birth of the new. It's coming, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a born again experience. For some of us, we don't feel like we're born again because we've never really died. We've never had a spiritual death. So if there's no spiritual death, there's no spiritual birth. So for so many of us, we're still holding on to that. We haven't rolled a stone. We haven't left Lazarus dead for four days. No, our loss is sitting right next to us. And we're trying to revive it and revive it and revive it. And God comes to us and say, hey, you want a resurrection? You got to bury that thing. You got to bury that thing. You got to roll the stone. You got to do all of those things. So when it comes to our loss, the courageous step for us to do is to say, we're burying it. It's done. It is dead. I've lost it. It is over, which breaks our hearts. Breaks our hearts. But without a death, there is no rebirth. So that's number two, the second thing, right? The third, I think, is most important um, for a resurrection. You don't need to give God the right amount of faith for a resurrection. What I mean by that is God's not looking for faith for a resurrection. Like he doesn't need you or me to do the miraculous. He doesn't need our faith to jumpstart his miracle power. And spiritually, we've gotten this wrong, friends. God doesn't need um, our faith. He would love for us to believe that he has the best intentions for us, but he can't demand it. Like he doesn't choose to demand it, I would say, because he knows that's a real relationship is you have to choose to believe someone. So here's what he's saying. What he's saying is you want a resurrection? I don't, I don't, need, I, I don't need you to give me your faith. I just need you to give me room to work. I just need you to give me time to work. And for so many of us, we have not given God room to work a miracle in our life, for a resurrection in our life. We've not rolled a stone away. We've not cleared the way. We've not moved people aside. Our lives, our loss, the way we process has, has been crowded around by sincere people, 
by news feeds, by just opinions, by activity. Could it be possible that God's saying, all I need you to do is give me space to work? What if you and I gave God space to work? I think, friends, when it comes to your loss, you and I need to know. You need to know this. You're allowed to feel these feelings. You're allowed to feel like you don't believe in Jesus anymore. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. If you, see, a relationship with Jesus is, is the purest when you have lost your faith and gained it a couple of times. It's when you go, I can't believe people, godly people did this. I can't believe she would do this. I can't believe he acted like that. I can't believe these people are doing this. I can't believe the world is doing this. I can't believe the group I was a part of, I'm losing because they're believing something that I don't believe anymore. See, you and I are all losing in different ways. Losing things are so precious to us. And see, what God's saying to you is this. If you feel, if you feel like you're losing it, you need to confront this. Because here's, let me ask you this. If, if, are you feeling like, like the bottom's about to fall off, fall, fall off, fall out, or however you say that, right? Now, if, let me ask you this. If the bottom falls out, if the bottom falls out in your life, in your career, and when it comes to your relationship, if the bottom falls out, how far do you think you are going to fall? How far? See, there's something inside of you that says, Naeem, don't ask me that because I think it's going to be really far and it's going to get really dark and I'm not quite sure if I'm ever going to recover. If, this bottom, if the bottom falls out of this relationship, if the bottom falls out, if I lose this, if I, the bottom falls out of this career, if the bottom falls out of this season, Naeem, 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 I'm just telling you right now, I don't know how far I'll fall, but it's not going to be good. See, that emotion is what God wants from you. He wants you to feel these things. He wants you to get angry and mad at the same time because He does. God is an emotional God. He gives you the freedom, the permission to feel all those things, but then He gives you the what? The courage to confront them and then the power to, to process them. And the power to process them is, is this. Start talking to Jesus about your loss right now. You have to have a, you have to come to terms with the loss. You, there has to be a death before a resurrection because what you are praying for, what you need is a resurrection, not a resurgence. And then you don't need to God, you don't, you don't, you don't need to give God your faith. Because honestly, when it comes to this issue right now that you're thinking of, I don't even know if you have it, right? Let's just be honest. What God needs is room. He needs space to work. And if you would do that, friends, I believe that in the midst of your loss, you'll see God, be, you'll see him as the resurrection and the life. You will see your Lazarus, um, not the same Lazarus, a new Lazarus being born again. That's my prayer. Let's pray together. Lord God, I pray right now for loss. God, we're facing so many different kinds of loss. Lord, there's a loss of, uh, of people, uh, uh, not just of relationships, God, but God, of actual people in our lives that have been a part of our lives because of the things that are happening right now. God, we're, we're, we're seeing grief. We're seeing so much death around us. And God, there's so much emotion around these things. God, for some of us, we're losing careers. Others of us, God, we're losing opportunities. We're losing relationships. We're just, it feels like we're losing control. And because of those things, 
We're losing any sense of faith, any sense of passion and drive, any sense of motivation. So God, in Jesus' name, would you, I pray, God, would I pray for my friends, with the power of your presence, God, would you remind them you are resurrection and life. You are resurrection and life. And that, God, that they would make room for you, that they would speak to you about this, and they would know, God, that you want to meet them here. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.